0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we think about celebrating next week the campus ministry 100th anniversary, 100 years of God's grace here on this campus through our campus ministry, it's it's something to marvel about, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to next Sunday and yet I thought to myself as I read through Psalm 100 this week, it's not just next week that we need that we have an opportunity to be thankful for, but but every single day. And today, as we explore Psalm 100, we'll look a little bit more deeply into why we have reason to give thanks each and every day. Maybe a quick walk through what 100 years actually looks like. Have you ever just sat down to think about 100 years and the the history of the last 100 years? What The campus ministry here in Madison has seen go on in our country and our world over the last 100 years. Consider this. On the heels of World War I, the war to end all wars, the Roaring Twenties ensued. That is the time at which the chapel was founded. But you know what happened by the end of that decade. The stock market crash and the Great Depression ensued. Lasted well into the 1930s, only for another world war to begin. No, the United States didn't enter that war until the next decade, the 1940s, when Pearl Harbor was bombed on December 7th of 1941. And then you know what happened to end World War II as well. The first and only atomic weapons that were used against Japan. And then we went to the Korean War and the race to build up as many nuclear weapons as could happen. The Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union. And then we had the 60s and an assassination of President Kennedy and innocence lost. And at 1969, we landed on the moon. That's just one half of the century and we could have listed so many other things. And then you go to the next half of the century and we go into the civil rights movement and the Vietnam War and the Iran hostages and the space shuttle Challenger and all of the things that happened in Desert Storm. Just yesterday, we commemorated the anniversary of 9-11. It's been 20 years. I thought about that when I thought about the students this week. Many of you, that our students here on campus were one, two years old, maybe not even born yet. And yet, the way that we live, the way that Americans live, the the safety that we once trusted was completely changed with the events of September 11, 2001. The war on terror ensued. And now, for the last 18 months, we've been dealing with, well, I can still see it on your faces this morning, a pandemic, right? COVID-19. Why the history? Why talk about all of those things? First of all, I think it's good to give ourselves perspective, isn't it? When we're in the moment, sometimes things seem a lot worse to us than maybe they do if we look at the bigger picture. But there's even a better reason to stop and just briefly think about a hundred years of history. And that's to remember the one constant. The one thing that hasn't changed throughout those 100 years. Maybe I should say it better. The one God who hasn't changed throughout those 100 years. That's right, God is the same today as he was 100 years ago, as he was thousands of years ago. God is faithful. That's the truth that we want to remember today and throughout the course of our celebration of 100 years of campus ministry and every single day of our lives. And on the basis of Psalm 100 today, we'll use that as our theme. God is faithful. Picking out a couple of things that the psalmist says that remind us of how special it is that God is faithful. First of all, we belong to him. And then God gives us opportunity to give thanks to him. Let's take a look again at what we sang a little bit earlier the first three verses of Psalm 100 Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture." We didn't read it and I didn't put it on the board, but if you looked in the Bible, most Bibles have the heading of Psalm 100 with this phrase, a psalm for giving thanks. And I suppose that heading sort of says it all, doesn't it? And then the verses of Psalm 100 give us the why. What reasons do we have for celebrating God's faithfulness, for celebrating the goodness of God every single day? The psalmist starts out with the words shout for joy, sing with gladness to the Lord. I don't know how it was for you, but I grew up in a church and in a household that took worship very, very seriously. And and that's a good thing to be solemn, to understand that we're coming into the presence of God. And yet sometimes I wonder if we weren't so solemn about worship that we missed out on some of the joy that God wanted us to have and display in worship. The opportunity to sing praises, to shout to the Lord. Why? Because of the great things that he has done. We're filled with joy and gladness when we think about who God is and what he has made each one of us. Throughout the psalm, the psalmist uses that special name for God that we sometimes refer to as Yahweh or Jehovah. Sometimes in English translations, it's printed with all capital letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It's that special name for God in which God revealed himself as I am who I am. That God is this constant. That he never changes. That whatever he says will always come true because it's God who is behind it. And so the psalmist tells us, look at how special you are to God. He made us. Yes, God carefully formed each one of us. As David says in Psalm 139, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We are God's handiwork. That's who put us together. That's who created us in his image. And the psalmist goes on to remind us that we are his. We belong to something greater than anything this world can send against us. To fill out the picture, the psalmist goes on, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Maybe that's a pretty good picture for us, to be sheep. If you know anything about sheep, you know that That good description fits the way we are as God's people because like sheep, we need a shepherd. Like sheep, we are prone to wander. Like sheep, if we were left to our own, we would be lost. And yet, that's not how God leaves us. He sent his own son, Jesus, in his amazing love, to bring us back, to call us to himself, to claim us as his very own. Yes, our good shepherd laid down his life for you, for his sheep, for, for me, for those that he calls his own children. And I think about that over the course of the last 100 years. Since 1920, the thousands of children who have heard Sunday school lessons or VBS lessons, the students that have come through this building and others to hear the marvelous proclamation of Jesus' love for all sinners, for them and everyone else. The members who have faithfully come to hear that Jesus cares about them and died for them and faithfully supported this ministry, it's kind of mind-boggling to think about. And every single one of those people is chosen, chosen by our Father in heaven, I'm not sure if you've heard of it or taken the time to watch it, but there is a a relatively new series out called The Chosen. And the producers, they they did a great job of of helping us understand what their purpose was in bringing this series about. It's about Jesus' life and the calling of his disciples. It blends together the stories of the Gospels in video format. If you have a chance to see it, I think it's worth watching. It's interesting to have a perspective of what it might have been like to be one of Jesus' disciples. But they chose the title very carefully, The Chosen, because what the producers demonstrate is that every person in that story, in the gospel story, who comes to Jesus, who Jesus comes to, is chosen by God. It demonstrates how fishermen, And tax collectors could be chosen to be part of God's kingdom, not because of something they could do, but something that Jesus did for them. And the same is true of us. We are chosen. Can I ask you just to reflect on that for a moment? What that means to your life? You're chosen. God picked you. Before the creation of the world, he knew that you were going to be his. Isn't that amazing? It's how God could say to Jeremiah the prophet, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's how deeply God knows and cares about each one of us. He's called us to be his very own. We are his people. The psalmist continues verses four and five. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Maybe today the idea of entering gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise is is a little bit lost on us. But can you imagine being an Old Testament believer? in the promises that God had made and showing up after a day or two or three or maybe even longer journey through hot weather and dusty roads and you showed up at Jerusalem, the place where God's temple is, the place where you could worship, and you joined together with hundreds of others to praise God's name. What a blessing that was. What excitement must have filled people's hearts as they knew that they were worshiping God. Isn't that the same thing that God gives us opportunity to do every time we worship him here. We join our voices together with one another to praise our God and say that the Lord is good and that his love endures forever. Maybe as I read those verses, you recognize them. Maybe you've used them as a table prayer a time or two when you've said, as you sat down to a meal, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The psalmist is speaking of a love that lasts, that never fails. Maybe a good word that we could substitute for God's faithfulness is the idea of steadfastness. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in that steadfast love in God's faithfulness that continues for generations, You never have to question the love of your heavenly Father. The great I am, the one who is the same all of the time, I, the Lord, do not change, he says through the prophet Malachi. And that means none of his promises change either. God is faithful. When we think about that faithfulness of God, maybe it's easy for us to understand how far short we fall of God's glory. Because where God is faithful, I can't be faithful. I think all of us here can think back to a time where we've made a promise or or said something to someone only to have to go back on our word, to not be able to fulfill what we said we were going to do. It's human, right? That kind of faithfulness that God demonstrates is unknown to us as sinful human beings. Maybe even worse, our unfaithfulness goes a little bit further, doesn't it? Where God calls us to be holy and blameless, we can't follow his commands. We can't love God above all things. We can't love our neighbors as ourselves. And so our unfaithfulness, God says in his word, could separate us from him. That's what sin does. It drives a wedge between us and God. And unless, unless God had acted, we would not have joy to come in his presence but fear. But God did act, didn't he? He did do exactly what we needed. He sent us a savior from sin. He sent Jesus, the good shepherd, to lay down his life for our sheep. Do you remember what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Do you remember that in the temple there was the symbol that stood between the holy place and the most holy place that separated people from God? Do you remember when Jesus died, that temple curtain tore in two? signifying that what separated us from God was no more. It had been taken away. That Jesus' death on the cross brought us to our Heavenly Father. The same Jesus who died for us faithfully lived in our place, too. Never once being unfaithful to his Heavenly Father, but living perfection for you and for me. That's why we rejoice, not just at a hundred-year celebration, but every single day of our lives, because that Grace of God continues for you and for me every day. You don't ever have to worry about waking up to wonder, is today the day that God's grace is going to run out? Is today the day that God is going to be so fed up with me that I've committed one too many sins that there is not going to be any more love for me? No, you can live with no doubts. Because Jesus says it's finished. He's paid for your sins in full, and your place in heaven is secured. That's our reason to celebrate. Yes, next week for sure, as God has blessed us with a hundred years, but every day of our lives. Listen to how Jeremiah explained it so well in Lamentations chapter three. He writes, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. Some takeaways from Psalm 100 today. Number one, we find comfort in remembering that we are God's chosen people. Will you take that with you today? Don't lose sight of that. When all the things of this next week happen, when the news stories bother you, when all the things in the world that can bring us down, come, remind yourself that you're chosen. That God picked you. That he claimed you as his very own. Number two, we cherish God's faithfulness even when we are unfaithful. Yes, God's mercies are truly new every morning. Jesus' death on the cross covers our sins and we have heaven open to us. Finally, number three, we praise God for his faithfulness in our lives and at chapel. Every day is a day to proclaim the grace of our God and the faithfulness to his promises that we can count on. There aren't many things in this world that are called faithful, but, but there is one thing that actually has the name Old Faithful that I could think of. So out of curiosity, how many of you, just by show of hands, have been to Yellowstone and seen Old Faithful? Okay, pretty many. Not quite as many as the first service, but pretty many. All right. So if you've been there, you might know some of the things, the reasons why they call the geyser Old Faithful, right? It was discovered in 1872 and since 1872, it's been pretty regular in the times that it erupts. Every 74 minutes, on average, Old Faithful will spout a geyser somewhere between 100 and 180 feet tall. Yes, that's about 4,000 to 8,000 gallons of water that comes out at about 200 degrees and the steam is about 350, right? That's a lot of stuff that's going on. How do they predict? Well, it depends on the previous eruption. How much, how much water was in it? How long it lasted? Somewhere between a minute and a half and five minutes. But it's pretty regular that they can count on it erupting at certain times and usually they predict within 10 minutes of when it's going to erupt but I have a secret to tell you. Old faithful is not as faithful as it used to be. Over the last 50 years, it's erupting a little less all of the time. And so, back in the 1960s where it erupted 21 times a day, it now erupts only 20 times a day. See, we can't even count on old faithful anymore. But you can count on your faithful God. We never have to wait 74 minutes for his blessings. They are new to us every morning. Isn't that amazing to think about a God who never turns his back on his promises? And that means he'll never turn his back on you. He calls you his own. He gives you opportunity to praise him here and he's guiding you and me all the way to our home in heaven. We say with Jeremiah, great is your faithfulness. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, amen.